It's not just another boring podcast from some loser broadcasting from his mom's basement. It's from his dingy garage instead. Whatever, man. We cover everything. Pop culture, food, let me guess, tacos again? That's that's what this show's about. Politics, sports, entertainment, and whatever the hell else is on his mind. I have an addictive personality. Live from the Big Brother Bungalow in Southern California. Scared to tell us the city, Jake? Yeah. <laughs> it's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Yo, what's good? It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. I am your host, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner. My government name. Welcome to the show. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud.com slash the Big Brother Jake Podcast, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, working on Pandora, but they're not really helping out. Do a search, the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Bam, you're in there. What's good? Thanks for tuning in. Last week, man, massive show. One of my most favorite episodes that I've ever done. Uh, Six-time gold medal Olympic winning swimming champion, Amy Van Dyken, killed it. Thank you, sis. I love you to death. She was out of town getting ready to do a speaking engagement, and she gave up 33 minutes of her time to talk to her old friend. So I cannot... uh, Thank her enough for that. So, Amy, thank you for coming on the show. If you missed that episode, well, you lost out. But because I'm a nice guy, it's posted for you. So all my all my episodes, 1 through 16, 15, this will be 16, all of them posted on SoundCloud.com slash the Big Brother Jake Podcast, iTunes, and everything I just mentioned. I also want to thank my boy P-Dub, a.k.a. Paul Wilson. Really, it feels weird calling him Paul Wilson. That's P. Um, that was a nice long hour chat, and let me tell y'all something right now. That drive from San Diego to L.A. County where I stay at, man. (sighs) Thanks, P, for uh, making the drive home a little longer than it should have been. Uh, my wife learned some things about me that nobody knew about until the podcast, but I said, what the hell, I'm rolling with it. So, in all seriousness, P, thanks for uh, coming on with your Laker insight. Hire that man, Fox, ESPN. That man got a basketball mind. Y'all need to hire my man, P, duh, for real. And I'll work on the uh, the cursing because the SEC ain't going to go for uh, him dropping those bombs like that. But my man, kid, uh, he can get down. So, great episode last week. Go ahead and download that. Now. I wanted to touch on something, get a little serious off the bat, and I try not to do that, but it's something I've thought about a lot. Not too long ago, someone I know was like, dude, you kill me on your social media. Because, you know, social media is a big part of my life because I have no life. (laughs) I hear about it all the time, trust me. You're on your phone, you're on your phone, you're on your phone. Anyway, I'm like, well, what, what aspect of my social media pages are killing you. Hashtag fake philosopher. Why do you always have to post such positive stuff? You have negative stuff going on in your life. You have weird things that are happening in your life. Why you got to be all fronting like you're this great guy that's that, you know, and I had to stop. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. 
No, you got it wrong. I post those things because I know somebody could use a good boost, you know, a good positive lift. I go through my times. I don't claim to know everything or be the most positive person in the world because I damn sure not. But I assure you, somebody needs to hear or read what I post because life is hard. And it really kind of hit me this past week. Two stories in particular that really got to me. Um, First off, I'm a Young and the Restless fan, not as hardcore as I used to be. I love, you know, what 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 what, what my relatives used to call stories, you know. Hey, baby, put on the stories. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know. Or when I was sick, my sister, Tracy, which you'll hear on the podcast with my mom, recapping their Jerry Springer adventure that I've talked about in the past. <laughs> I used to tape the Young and the Restless episodes for her. And... One of the actors on there, Christoph St. John, passed away this week, this past week. Now, he had a son that was uh, in a mental facility in Long Beach, California, and he committed suicide four years ago, I believe. And he never got over that. And I don't think, you know, for those that are parents, you know, I'm a parent of three daughters. I think it's difficult. When you see your kids hurt anyway, like even if they like get a little boo-boo, you're like, you want to protect them or, you know, if a boy hurt their feelings, you want to beat their ass like the, the, the other kid's ass, you know? So to endure your son committing suicide, that's got to be very heavy on the head, on the heart. And, you know, it hasn't really come out yet as we take this podcast. But gathering some information like from friends of his and people being kind of cryptic, you know, saying rest in peace and all that. But apparently he never got over his son's death. Excuse me about that. And don't know the circumstances, not going to speculate. But if we are speculating, it had something to do with him having mental illness as well. That's tough. Having suffered from depression and anxiety, it's not easy. And it was really difficult to come out to my friends and tell them what I was going through because I was acting funny. And, you know, you always take that risk when, you know, maybe employers are listening or future employers are like, dude, like you had that? Well, yeah, I mean, I did, but I'm working on it. It's a, it's, it's a work in progress day by day. I couldn't fathom. Going through something like that. That's that's something that's just awful. And so it got me thinking how hard this world can be sometimes. Then I see a story. In Michigan. A kid named Michael Martin, an eighth grade student on January 25th, took his own life. Because he was bullied on the bus every day. Made fun of his weight. Because he wore glasses. Because he wore braces. 
Every single day, these kids were relentless. Relentless. To the point this kid took his own life. 13, doesn't even know what life is really about. But at a tender young age of 13, found out that life is cold and people are colder. You know, and then you got everything going on in the political world, wars, personal demons you deal with on a daily basis. And it's sad. And I'm not saying I'm some superhero because I'm not. I can't fly. I can't even jump over a phone book. I have no hops. But on the real, life gets difficult. And usually this is a podcast where we can escape reality just for a minute. But these are just a couple of incidents that lay heavy on my mind. So every morning when I wake up, after I do my morning number two, <laughs> do you mind? Hey, look, man, I'm an open book. And I wanted to make you laugh, kind of break up this uh, the tense moment here. <laughs> but I like to look and find something that's positive. And it's not something that is me or a friend. Sometimes it is. I'm thinking of somebody and I'm like, oh, I'm going to post this because I know they need it. And that's my way publicly to show them that I'm there for them, that I care. So, yeah, some, some of it might be overboard, and I took it a little personal. But the whole point of this opening segment wasn't to bum you out, but to make you aware. Check on your strong friends. Period. You never know what they're going through. Whether they're getting over heartbreak whether their financial situation's not the best, whether they're having problems with family or the job situation, or they just are lonely and need a friend, like, check on your strong friends. Because you never know. And it's a sad situation. Like, you don't want to see people go through that. But, yeah, fake philosopher... Ain't going nowhere. As long as I can put a smile on somebody's face, that's what's going down. You know, just kind of wanted to start the segment off with some awareness. So now that we've kind of went down, I got to pick y'all back up again. Let's go. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Okay. So, I got a treat for you guys. I'm not going to tell one story today. I'm going to tell two stories today. Man, it's your lucky day. You know, this first one is a doozy. Okay. As I've said at nauseum, I worked for the Los Angeles Dodgers for two seasons. And one of my greatest highlights of working for the ball club was... Uh, Witnessing the Dodgers win the Western Division Championship in 2004 off of a Steve Finley game-winning Grand Slam home run. Now, I'm going to go ahead and play this call in its entirety. Uh, The call is the great Vince Scully, former Dodger broadcaster, 
Sounds weird saying that. I was in the booth when this happened. And it was one of the most magical times of my life. Now, I want you to listen to this call. Sit back, Dodger fans or baseball fans in, in, in general, and listen to the magic that Vince Scully creates when he's on the microphone. Oh, and one to count to Finley. The outfield is shallow. The infield is up. Finley today is one for four. Franklin set. Wayne ready and deal. Swung on. High fly ball to deep right field. Wherever it goes, the Dodgers have won, and it's a grand slam home run. I have always felt there are no words to describe a situation like this except the roar of the crowd and for those of us privileged to be here watching the Dodgers just about jump out of their uniforms. What a finish as Steve Finley hits it into the seats in right field and the Dodgers come up and roll a seven in the bottom of the ninth inning and beat the Giants seven to three. And in all the storied history and glory, frustrations and heartbreak that both of these teams have inflicted upon the other, this one had to be a killer. The infield up, the outfield shallow, and Finley hits it in the seats. And the Dodgers do the unbelievable, but then again, they're the Dodgers. Wow, the great Vince Scully. On the call, <laughs> man, oh, I miss that. I miss that so much. That's courtesy of the Dodger Radio Network. Now, there's some disclosure that I'm going to say on that call, okay? I was in the booth, and I thought that was one of the most magical things I've ever seen in my life, okay? <laughs> now, you heard the call in its entirety. Vince Gully lost the ball, couldn't find it. I'm engineering the sound of that call. And by the way, I think the mix was really good. <laughs> That's just me. But I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. I'm going to play the call one more time. Like, oh, really? We're going to hear it one more time? You're going to hear the damn thing one more time. And I'm going to go over exactly what happened as this call went down. Here we go. One to count to Finley. The outfield is shallow. The infield is up. Okay, yeah. Finley today is one here for comes four. Here the pitch right here. Franklin set. Wayne ready and deal. Swung on. High fly he ball. He lost the ball right here. Right field. Wherever it goes. It's a home the run, Vince. Home won. run. I'm doing a home and run sign right there. Slam home run. He turns off his mic. He's like, Jake, you saved my bacon. I had no idea where that was. Dinner on me in St. Louis for the playoffs. Then he lets the crowd do its thing, as you hear right here. And Vince thanking me at least seven or eight times because I found the ball. I told him where it went. He had no idea where it went. He lost it. He's about to come back on right here. And tell you why he wasn't talking. I have always felt there are no words to describe a situation like this 
except the roar of the crowd. And for those of us privileged. <laughs> okay, so I'm not, I'm not going to go through the whole thing again, but <laughs> I just thought how cool it was that Vin lost the ball. And I'm not doing this to put him out there. But he lost the ball, and you would have never known. The way he called that pitch and how it went out, Steve Finley, it was, a, it was no doubt he hit it out. But the sun was so bright in the outfield, he did not know where it went. And I saw the whole thing, and wherever it is, and I'm just doing that circle motion that it's a grand slam, it's a home run, without any messing up. That man, so good at what he does, so good at what he does, didn't miss a beat. And when he laid out, that's what they say in the business, you lay out, let the crowd just roar. He turns off his microphone. He turns around. He says, Jake, I'm not going to try and do a Vince Scully impersonation because that's disrespectful, and I suck at it. Jake, you saved my bacon. When we get to St. Louis, steak dinner on me. And boy, (laughs) man, the steak dinner I had that night was amazing. Nice juicy T-bone on Mike Shannon's. And he's a man of his word. So I don't usually talk out of school like that. And I'm not trying to diss a a legend. But it was cool to be part of a little bit of history with the Dodgers. I actually mixed that call. (laughs) Which I'm proud of that crowd mix, man. Because that crowd gets loud. and I'm happy. (laughs) I discovered this the other day because I used to have this on a mini disc. And I lost the mini disc. And I was really bummed. And I was like, I'm going to go to YouTube. And somebody synced up the call to the TV. It was not a simulcast that day. Vin was radio only. That's why he was in the booth and not simulcasting from the booth next door. So just a little insight of uh, what used to go on in Dodger Radio. And um, just a little piece of my history right there that I'm proud to be a part of, and it only came up because I was so happy to to find and discover this that uh, I got to play it again. So, Vin, we miss you, bro. Sorry. Vin, we miss you, buddy. <laughs> and uh, Dodgers going to win it. It's our turn, man. Third time's the charm. Dodgers are going to win it. All right? I don't care who we play. Dodgers going to get that World Series. Enough of that. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Okay. <laughs> Had to get a little sports fix in there. You know, baseball's coming up, and I'm really excited. Excited to see my Dodgers do some damage this year. Not be damaged or have damaged goods. They're going to do the damn thing this year. And I'm going to get to the second story next thing. But segment number three. Oh, man. I got to voice something right now. I do it every year for those that know me. It's on YouTube. It's on you know um, Instagram. If you really want to go that far back and look at some of my videos, it's a public profile. But it's time. Today, as we record this, is February 10th, which means it's four days to Valentine's Day. Or for... My single counterparts, it's Single Awareness Day. 
But I digress. Now, we've been taught since middle school or elementary. You do those little, hey, be my Valentine with the little Valentine cards. And because I was the little chubby kid that nobody really wanted to talk to, you know, the misfit that's mixed, nobody wanted to give me a Valentine's card. I got very little Valentine's Day cards growing up. That's not why I'm bitter, but I digress. It's, I hate Hallmark holidays, okay? You know, Christmas, yeah, okay, of course. New Year's, yeah. Thanksgiving, absolutely, which is my favorite holiday, by the way, because it's food involved. But Valentine's Day? Look, here's the thing. If you love somebody, if you're in love and you're dating or married or whatever the hell you're doing, you love them every day, correct? You want to do for them. You want to love them. You want to be romantic with them. You want to be intimate with them. That's your girl. That's your guy. You want to be with them. Show them you love them, right? Of course you do. That's your boo. That's your baby. That's your boo thing. Whatever you call each other, your schnookums, whatever the hell you say. But I'm going to say this. Don't tell me, Hallmark, restaurant industry, hotel industry. Don't tell me when I should shower my loved one with cards and roses and chocolates and fancy dinners and hotel stays and getaways. Y'all all are in cahoots with everybody, with each other. If I go to restaurant A on October 17th, just picking a day. Most of the time, if it's my favorite restaurant I'm going to frequent, and I know it's popular, my meal might be $17.95. For y'all that got money, he's cheap. Now shut up. Shut up. Shut up when I'm talking. Then this magical day of Valentine's Day comes across. And that same meal, veal parmesan, whatever the hell I like to eat, that $17.95, magically on February 14th, it's $34.95. Get a good couple roses, dozen roses. Go to your local florist, October 23rd. You might get a good deal, 20 bucks. But on February 14th, it's $34.95. Get the entire hell out my face with that. You got to be freaking kidding me. Going to tell me when I should love my boo thing, then you're going to overcharge me. Seriously. And only people, look, If you like the day, and I I got a lot of good friends that like the day, and they hate that I feel this way about Valentine's Day, but kiss my ass. I don't care. It's my podcast. I'm going to say what the hell I want to say today. 
I wasn't going to do a podcast this week because I was riding high off of Amy and Paul. But Valentine's Day is such a damn scam. Seriously. Don't tell me when I should love my wife or you should love your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever the hell y'all are. Come on, man. You, if you, okay, seriously, seriously, I'm telling you right now, if you need a day, one day, with a little chubby dude that flies around, then if I see him, I'm going to smash him into the wall. You need a day to show your woman or your man that you love them? That's a problem to me. Look. I'm not saying I've never done that before. I used to in the past. But after a while, I told my wife, like, look, I never liked this day. And if you need me to show you love on this day, then we got bigger issues than I thought we did. I don't need a day. I don't need a day to tell me who and when and how I should love somebody or treat them. Okay? The one day you should probably do something big is your anniversary. Period. Every day should be a day of love. You know, I'm not saying you're not going to fight. I'm not saying it's not perfect or it is perfect. You're going to have problems with your spouse or your significant other. Nothing's perfect. Lord knows I'm not perfect and I'm not easy to live with. Think about it. One podcast that y'all download that's like an hour, someone that lives with me got to hear that all the time. And yes, I'm, I'm like this a lot. This ain't for, you know, for show. I do the podcast because, you know, as authentic as I can because this is who I am. And who I am is a guy that hates Valentine's Day. Now, if I got to show love on one day and it's not my anniversary and I pour all my effort and soul and heart and all this stuff into one day, I got a problem. And shame on these people that jack up the prices. It's just like you go to Black Friday. TV's on sale for $500. Photos TVs were on sale for $500 three weeks before that. It's a scam. Valentine's Day is a scam. So I'm going to tell you right now. I've been married 20 years. Not perfect. Not the best husband in the world. Not the worst one either. But I can honestly say, 90% of the time, I've shown love each and every day. There's some days I'm like, man, I want to talk to you, look at you, whatever. And I know y'all feel like that about people you've been with a long time. If you just started dating, oh, you're so cute, oh, I love you, oh, my God. Just looking at you just melts my heart. Okay, that's dopamine. <laughs> and you and it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Y'all gonna have problems in four months. But <laughs> and if you don't, man, just keep it good for you. But for normal people like myself, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but for normal people like you and me that have dated or been married a long time. <laughs> you're going to have your problems. And a nice little day like Valentine's Day 
is not going to fix anything. Love who you're with for a long time and treat every day like Valentine's Day. Okay? And if you love chocolate, if you wait 24 more hours, those candies that were $29.95 will be $9.95 because they don't want to hold on to that crap longer than they have to. Because nobody's going to buy a Hershey's Kiss with Valentine's colors on it three days after at that price. They know what they're doing. So don't fall for the trap, people. Don't fall for the trap. Love your loved one every day like Valentine's Day. Boycott Valentine's Day. Don't eat out on Valentine's Day. Unless I own a restaurant soon. And then, yeah, then I'm going to do the same thing as everybody else. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. I'm sorry, man. I just hate that day with a passion. Those little cherubs, right? Cupid? Man, I'll slap a Cupid in my if I see one. I, I hope, I hope somebody comes up to me when they hear this podcast, this episode, and be like, damn, Jake, you sound bitter. Maybe I am bitter. Maybe I am. So what? It's a stupid day. I try to show love every single day like it's Valentine's Day. That's what you're supposed to do. But anyways, whatever. I promised y'all a second story, okay? I promised y'all a second story. All right. Cue the music. Oh, yeah. Different kind of music this time. Okay. The year 1996. I'm in Virginia, my favorite place I've ever lived in. That's sarcasm, people. I hated it there. It was a lonely time in my life. P-Dub talked about it on the last uh, podcast. And if you don't remember, download it and listen to it. That's just my way to get my numbers up. By the way, record-breaking numbers first week for any uh, podcast I've ever had. Thank you, Amy Van Dyken. Thank you, Paul. All right, enough of that. The year was 1996. A nice 20-year-old skinny brother Jake because I was in very good shape in the military. Doing my thing, all right? Um, there was this salsa club. Now, I can't dance salsa. I do the two-step, and I do that West Coast Vato dance because I, I, when I need to, I can cut a rug. When I need to. If I'm trying to impress somebody, you know, like I see some hotties like, hey, what's up? Oh, snap. I'm like, damn, Big Mac can get down. I dance very well for a fat guy, okay? I'm not like rerun from what's happening. That's going to lose some of you younger people. But for the older people, no, I ain't pop locking. I can. I can. If you ask me to, I can. Do it for charity, maybe. But, brother can get some, you know, get his groove on when he needs to. So, a couple of my homeboys I went to A school with. That's apprenticeship school for uh, non-Navy folk. And they're, you know, they're Puerto Rican cats. And I'm like, yo, I need a Puerto Rican honey, man, like. You know, I, I I love Latinas, man. And being from California, ain't no Mexican girls out here. So what's good with the Puerto Rican? My man's like, yo, they got mad Puerto Ricans at this club. I want you to go. I'm like, bet, I'm down. But <laughs> I don't look Puerto Rican enough. Like, I know 
you know, I'm half black, half white. A lot of people think I'm Latino. They think I'm Cuban. They think I'm, you know, when I'm back east or if I'm in Miami, I'm Cuban. If I'm in New York, I'm Puerto Rican. Out here, they don't know. I can be Dominican too, like, because the curly hair, if I grow it out. But I'm like, nah, I want to look more ethnic. I want to look more Puerto Rican, more Latino. And my boy is like, yo, <laughs> check it out. I got a hookup. For contact lenses, not prescription, but the ones that change your eye color. Now, I got dookie brown eyes. Like, there's no doubt I have brown eyes. And I hate my brother Steven because he has those nice hazel eyes that all the girls like. And I got those funky dookie brown eyes. So, ain't nobody trying to look at my dookie brown eyes. So, I'm like, yo, I got to stand out. And I remember hanging out with my boy, Puerto Rican David. What up? I know you still out here. You still need to pay me a visit, punk. Anyway. He used to get all the girls. And like, we look like twins. We look like brothers. But this dude had the green eyes. So he's getting all the girls. White girls, black girls, Puerto Rican girls, Cuban girls, Dominican girls. It didn't matter. Homeboy was cleaning up. I'm like, I look just like this fool. We both chubby dudes. But his eyes, Jake, his eyes. Can you give me his number? Hell no. I'm player hating. Anyway. So my boy's like, yo, mom's got the hookup. He was from Virginia. Mom's got the hookup. I can get you some contacts with the green eyes. Word? I'm down. All right. I've never put in contacts before, but I'll give it a try. So he comes back, brings me the green contacts. I'm like, yeah. And I read the instructions and I put them in right before we go into the club. I'm doing this in the car. And I'm using the, the mirror to, uh, the, you know, the pull-down mirror in the car. And I put them in. And I'm like, yo, I kind of look dope with these on, man. I was like, I'm feeling myself. I get into the club. Music's playing. Mad honeys. Oh, and man. It was like, where the hell have I been? I lived in Virginia for two years. I ain't never seen this many beautiful Puerto Rican women in a damn club. And I never thought to go to the salsa club, but I was like, I can't dance salsa. And if you can't dance with a Latina, they ain't going to dance with you. Most of them. But I try. <laughs> so I finally get the attention of this one, honey, right? So I'm dancing with her. And she, she, she's very nice, you know, like she knows I ain't Puerto Rican dancing. You know, like he, he, he ain't Latino, but like he's fly. So she's, she's showing mercy, you know, and we get to freaking or whatever, you know. It was, it was good. And she, oh, well, he can dance this way. So we start dancing like that, the salsa music. Kind of weird, but it was dope. Then I thanked her for the dance. Then I see this honey that looks like Jennifer Lopez damn near, but more fine than her. You know, banging body, whatever. Sorry if I sound misogynistic, but I don't care right now because this honey was fly as hell. And I'm like, yo. I'm going to go talk to her real quick. So, so what happened is I, go, I, put my, I put my drink down and I, I'm sweating because there's no AC in there. It's hot. It's the summertime. I go to rub my eye. Girl comes up to me. By the time she gets there, the contact goes all the way to the back of my eyeball. <laughs> All the way, all the way to the back. 
and I can't see nothing, and I'm freaking out. Like, my eye, my eye, my eye, oh my god, my eye, my eye. My boys are like, yo, what's wrong? Oh, girls, like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm cool. She's like, you might want to get that checked out. So then I go to look at her. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> I got one green eye and one brown eye that's totally red because the contact is stuck behind my eye. And she's freaked out. She gets the hell away from me. And I'm like screaming like, yo, get this out my eye. Get this out my eye. So then, this real cool chick, man, God, God bless her, man. She sees me. And she's like, oh, what's wrong? I'm like, my contact stuck behind my eyeball. So she pulls out a pair of tweezers, okay? Like needlepoint tweezers. And... She missed like once and got like the white of my eye. I'm like, ah! She's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I got my boy like, hold, like, and, and I'm back, like, there's a bar setting, okay, where you set your drinks and I'm leaning back on it. My boy's holding my eye open. He's like, don't move, fool, don't move, don't move. Because if she strikes you again, it's gonna hurt again. So she <laughs> gets the tweezers, pulls my eyelid up goes all the way back to the back of my eyeball, grabs the uh, the contact and pops it out. And when she pops out the, the contact, it scratches my eye. Like, it didn't leave a mark, but it burned like hell. So I'm like, ah, I'm screaming again. <laughs> I'm screaming again like, this is not the move. Oh, so I was like, thank you so much. Can I buy you a drink or whatever? And she's like, no, I'm good. She's like, but you gave me a laugh. There's no happy ending or happy, happily ever after to that. She pretty much was like, that's kind of lame to wear contacts. You should just be yourself. So not only did I miss out on a chance on J-Lo Octane 91 Octane Deluxe better than her remix, I get insulted by a subpar, sorry, subpar chick. She's cute. That dissed me, she saved my eyeball, but she dissed me and then called me lame and I should be myself. <laughs> so, yeah, she's right. So, so the message to that story is... <laughs> the message to that story is be yourself, be proud of your dookie brown eyes. <laughs> and for the record, once I came back to the West Coast, dookie brown eyes didn't do too bad. If I do say so myself. All right. So, <laughs> surprise, podcast came a little early. Um, no guests this week. I just wanted to spend some time, man. I, I feel like I've been neglecting my people. And I wanted to just spend a little one-on-one -on -one time with you. Um, because I miss you guys. And I know I've been on a roll with James Washington, my, my, my radio mentor, and my partner in crime, Jim Daniels, which, by the way, for L.A. people, if you're in the L.A. area, Saturday mornings at 8.30. Listen between 8 and 10 for Sports on Tap with J.D. and The Bush on 95.5 KLOS. Yes, the classic rock station of all classic rock stations in the city of L.A. You can stream it, too. Go to 95.5 KLOS.com. And you can hear your boy giving his NBA spiel every week. So, JD, thank you for that. J uh, Dub, James Washington, thank you for. Uh, and by the way, go back and listen to that episode because he he perfectly predicted what was going to happen in the Super Bowl. 
He said, if the Rams don't score a lot and they're not like tossing touchdowns, they will lose in a defensive battle. He said it. Go back and listen to it. And of course, I want to thank Amy Van Dyken and Paul Wilson, P-Dub, for uh, last week, one of the most fun times I ever had. I hope this episode you had a good time. I uh, didn't keep it long like last time, but uh had to spend some time with y'all and 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 make it fun. Well, first segment I was Debbie Downer, but kind of got to me. So with that being said, check on them strong friends. Love your loved ones. Be present in front of other people. And above all, don't take life too serious, man. You don't make it out alive. All right? Next week. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do next week. <laughs> I can't top what I've done the last couple weeks, but I'm going to try. But next week, trying to get some music on, some musicians. Uh, got another special guest that uh, has a great story. Uh, I'm not going to spill the beans on that, but he's an inspiration. And we talked today, and uh, we're going to have him on. Good friend of mine. I don't want to spill it and say, hey, so-and-so's coming on. They're like, fool, I ain't coming on. But. We talked about it. And as anything crazy comes up, I'll be here to talk about it. So until then, love one another. Have a great day. Have a great week. Spread the word. SoundCloud.com slash the Big Brother Jake Podcast. iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify. Search the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Doof! You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast.